Okay, let's begin our discussion of Parshas Titzave, Tavshin Pei Gimel, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, have a thought at the end on the Purim uh, as well, as I always like to really focus on the Parsha and uh, leave the Moadim for other uh, for other Shirim, but uh, we'll, we'll mention one thought uh, hopefully at the at the end. So Parsha Titzave, as we know, is the only uh, Parsha in Sefer Shmos, Vayikra Midbar. That does not mention Moshe's name. Sefer Devar Moshe is talking the whole time, and Sefer Bracious, he was not born yet. But Tetzave is the only one, only Parsha that Moshe, Moshe's name is not mentioned, and the, uh, the Rishonim point out maybe it's a uh, partial fulfillment of Moshe Rabbeinu's own wishes when he says to Hashem, well, if you don't forgive them, Mecheni Nami Sifracha, wipe my name out. So even though Hashem d- did forgive Klal Yisrael, but uh, still, Akil Chacham is uh, is fulfilled, and therefore his name is not mentioned. But it's always, uh, unless it's a Shana Mu'uberes, his yard site is always the week of or before or after Pasha Tetzave. Zayin Adar was uh, was this week. Uh, but a thought that I think we mentioned more than a decade ago, uh, but it's worthwhile repeating from the Yaznayim LaTorah in source number one. Where Rav, uh, Rav Saratsky notes this uh, this point: "Beseder zeh lo nizkar shmo shel Moshe." Moshe Rabbeinu is not in this seder. The Mefarshim call it; they don't call it a parsha like we do. They call it a seder, a sedra, right? The seder, the order of of uh, sections. And even though it was forgiven, <coughs> still his name is not there. Why Dafka Tetzave? So we're not going to focus on why Tetzave, but why the emphasis that Moshe Rabbeinu might not be mentioned. It just so happened that when we started the annual reading of the Torah, when we finished once a year, it came out, it always falls out. Moshe Rabbeinu's yard site is just around this parsha. Vahadas no senes. Wouldn't logic dictate? Shebezeh ratzu chachamenu zal. Lahavlit es ofia shalamunas Yisrael tahora. Logic dictates, and it makes sense, you know, it's not just coincidental that Zion Adar is just around this time. It's to teach us something. Judaism is the only religion that our holidays are not based on anything to do with our leader. With our greatest leader. We have any holidays for Moshe Rabbeinu? No. Do we celebrate his birthday and death? No, we mark it. But it's, there's no Kedushas Hayom. There's no special status, so to speak. Davka, the week of Zion Adar, we don't even mention his name. And that's in stark contrast to the other religions in the world where their holidays are basically exclusively about their leader. It follows. Their holidays are totally focused on their leader. December 25th is his birthday. January 1st was his brismila. They celebrate his life. That's their holidays. They're celebrating physicality. They're celebrating a human. They're not celebrating God. And the day is death, and the Last Supper, right? Everything, and the Easter. 
It was all about him. And that reflects their emuna, that their emuna is in a human being. And the greatest leader makes holidays to commemorate himself and to commemorate, you know, continue his uh, leadership. And not only that, you know, if you believe in the leader, then you get forgiveness and you have eternity and you go to the, you go to the next world. All you have to do is to believe in the leader. Right? That's amazing to make those rules. As if he, he's the Bailam. He, he, he makes the rules. Yeah, you believe in me, we're good. Right? And that's why later on, false prophets used to sell the rights Sell Olam Haba, locate Uchelak Yaakov and Judaism is totally different. We don't celebrate people. We celebrate Akadish Baruch. Our leaders are humble. Our leaders are hidden. It doesn't even say in the Torah. It doesn't even say in Tanakh when Moshe Ben yard site is. We figured it out based on when the month stopped. We went in on the 10th and we had it for three days and lasted for a month. So we were able to figure out when his yard site is. And Mistama Gam Noladbo. And Mistama, he was born that day. Though we have no evidence of that. We have Chazal. Chazal. Mali and surely we don't even know the name. We don't celebrate the first day that Moshe Rabbeinu spoke to Hakadosh Baruch Hu at the Sneh. We don't celebrate the day that Moshe Rabbeinu went up to Har Sinai for Moshe Rabbeinu. No, we celebrated for the Torah. Moshe didn't say any, didn't uh, tell us to do anything. His students didn't say. Make a holiday. For the Mesiris Nefesh. He doesn't need any credit. He doesn't need any holidays. So Chazal said, let's try to do something. Again, in a hidden way to make sure we know he's not the center. Line 45. Right? In order to connect. In order to connect to him in this uh, regard. Next column. And the klala that he gave on himself that didn't even come true. He went up to get the Torah. He didn't eat for 40 days, 40 nights. Didn't sleep. He was Moser Nefesh to give us the Torah. And that's why the Torah is called after Moshe. He writes from the end of Malachi, Zichru Kuras Moshe Avdi. But when he talks about himself, he could be erased. Because only HaKadosh Baruch Hu is eternal. Right? And that's why we say at the end, right, we decide and we recognize, as great as Moshe was, he was a, he was a Nivra. We don't serve him. We don't um, think power comes from him. But by not 
mentioning his name, we remember the Mesiris Nefesh and how much he loved us. And remember, Mecheni Nami Sifricha. Why is the Moshe's name in here? Because he said, I'm not going on without the Jewish people. I'm not going on without Am Yisrael. And that's what we think about when Moshe Rabbeinu's name is not mentioned. Right? Interesting, it's not mentioned in Tesave, right? Not Shloshim Yom, but about, uh, I don't know, 36 days. Lifnei Hachag, we could talk about, uh, talk about the, uh, the Haggadah. Moshe Rabbeinu's name is not in the Haggadah. Also has its reasons, but here Tetzave starts us off with an omission which teaches us a lot about, about Yahadus. Okay. So moving right along, we have Yatat Tzaveh. We know we have in this Sefer, in this parasha, we have the Big Day Kahuna. Right? That's the first half of the Sefer. We have the four Begadim of the Kohen Hedyot, the four extra Begadim of the Kohen Gadol. And the second half of the parsha, we have the avoda that is supposed to be done in order to be mechanich, the mishkan. But right at the beginning of the parsha, and we're going to spend uh, much of our time tonight on uh, the beginning of the parsha, actually the first pasuk of the parsha. Three different ideas about the first pasuk of the parsha. Yisrael, please, Moshe, you. That's the closest we get to Moshe's name. Yisrael, tell Yisrael. Take a pure oil, olive oil, kasis or crushed up for ma'or. Pressed up for light, special dinim, the Mishnahis and Menachos, talk about the unique oil that had to be used for the menorah. Right? There was different qualities of oil that had to be used for the menorah, and under that for the carbon mincha, every carbon mincha uh, had, uh, had oil. Uh, so this is, we know, Havlakas Neiris, in the, in the Mishkan. Outside the Paroches, we know the menorah is not in the Kodesh Kadashim. It's outside the Paroches. Night until morning. Machlokas Rashi and the Rambam, whether the candles were lit only at night or they were also lit in the morning. The Rambam says they were lit in the morning too. And then we get into the Big Day Kahuna. Ask the Limudi Nisan, ask Rav Nisan Alpert. What is this doing here? Right, we had at the end of the parsha. We don't remember. The end of last week's parsha was enti- the entirety of last week's parsha was the building of the structure, and then we have the begadim that they wore in that special structure. And stuck in the middle here are tupsukim about the lighting of the menorah. This is about avoda. Shouldn't this be in Sefer Vayikra? Right, that's where it belongs, where all the avoda is instructed. So answer this in Alpert in source number two. Last week and this week go together. Right? The Binyan Mishkan and the Levishas Begadim, they're, they're one theme. The Mishkan is about the building of the Mishkan and what you wear in the Mishkan. And right in the middle here, we have two Psukim about the lighting of the menorah. Why is this here? The avoda of the Mishkan is there. What's the message? Says of Nisan Alpert, these psukim, which are about menorah, we need to introduce the message of the Big Day Kahuna. We need the message of the menorah before we get into the Big Day Kahuna. Right? Chazal teach us. He's quoting a Gemara Mesechus Vachim. 
Daf pei cheser so. She big day kahuna misamblim lamidas tovos. Big day kahuna. Every begin is about a, a mita tova. Vitzarech hakohen gadol vakohenim lasim leiv. Letikin hamidos sheba bahem ubaam. And the kohen gadol and the kohenim. We all have to focus on, you know, what they're for. Ula sharish midos rose and to root out negative midos. Right, the Michnasayim is machaper for this avera, and uh, the mitznefes is for uh, gaiva, and the choshen uh, is for ivus uh, hadin, and everything is an aphod is arayos, all different, all different um, uh, other is avodazara. I'm sorry. So they're all about certain midos and perfecting our character. And if we do that, if we get the message from the Big Day Kahuna, because tala avodas on the reich michoch, then it's going to be beautiful. Our avodah is going to go up to shemayim. Like the Mestefes B'chabra Al-Gaiva, Vatis B'chabra Al-Azov, Sva'od. But before we learn about Midos, we need a message. Who determines what's a Midot Tova? Who determines what's ethical? So that's a well-known Rav Bartanura at the beginning of Perkei Avos. Says the Rav Bartanura, I would say in the top ten, maybe even top five, Rabbi Ovadi Bar on all of Shas. That's a totally subjective um, opinion. Says the first Bar in Perkei Avos. Beautiful Mishnah. Moshe Kibbal Torah Misinai. Yeshua Shal What is that Mishnah doing there? That's a gorgeous Mishnah. It should be at the beginning of Shas. And instead, it's tucked away at the end of Seder Nezikin, the fourth Seder. So in source, says the uh, Lemudinis and quotes it. Right on line seven. Rabbeinu Rabbatim Pirshimishnayis. Pirish, he explains there, what is this Mishnah doing there? Why is Moshe Kibotur Misinai, the beginning of Perkei which is not about any mitzvah or halacha? Nothing. Right? Ketzad nimsara midor ladar kidiktani Moshe Kibotur Misinai, Mishra Yeshua. Davka b'mesechazu, v'lo b'tchilas hashas. Why? So he summarizes. Kidei shalom nit elomar. Says the Bartanura, we don't need the Mishnah of Moshe Kibbal Torah Misinai at the beginning of Masechah's Temura, or Erevin, or Sota. Those laws are obviously from Hashem and from Harsinai, Moshe Kibbal Torah Misinai. You don't, they don't need an introduction for those. But Pirkei Avos, which is all about ethics, which is all about smile when you see somebody. And you want to know who's really rich? If you're happy with what you have. These types of ethical messages for our life. So that's where one might have been mistaken and thought that those are written by some great ethicist. There's not so much difference between the ethics of the Jewish ethicists of the Jewish people and the ethicists of the other nations. All, all nations and all countries wrote their books about ethics. That is why we have Moshe Kibatur Misinai. Our ethics are rooted in her Sinai too. And just like the Torah tells us, you know, what is, what is murder and what is marriage, the Torah also te- tells us what is ethical and what is good, and what is right, and what is uh, everything that is that is non-halachic in that sense, but it's in the larger world of Midos. So what introduces that? Moshe Kibbal Torah Misinai. Lulam deinu shagam ha-horaus b'midos v'derach eres gam kein nitnu Misinai. 
How are we going to know what to do in various situations? How do we know what we're supposed to do? Right? I'm the lefnim mishuris hadin. Right, even the word mida, we say midas tovus. Mida is a measurement. That's to be exact. That's to be measured. Our midos have to be measured. So that's why, right? Shalomelech, right? He had Rachmanis on Agag and he wiped out the city of Nov. Right? We know the Gemara tells us you can have Rachmanis on somebody you shouldn't have Rachmanis on. You're going to have Achzarius on people that you should, shouldn't have Achzarius on. So says the Ravnis and Alpert, it's the same idea here. The Beit Kahuna are supposed to teach us in a deeper way, Midos. Supposed to teach us how to overcome our passions and put us on the straight and the narrow. That's introduced by the menorah. What's the menorah? Symbol of Torah. The light of Torah. We know the three kalim in the Beis HaMikdash and the Heichal all symbolize Torah, Avodah, Gemilas, Chasadim. Menorah is Torah. So therefore, just like the Rav Bartanura says the first Mishnah Perkyavos introduces Mesechas Avos, the first two psukim of Parshas Tetzaveh introduces the whole next section of Big Day Kahuna, the messages being Midos. Umitamze Nira Lee, line 16. Higdima Atara La Parsha, Hosekas Big Day Kahuna, Bekinias Venetias Habagadim, Vahamidos. Harauyos Lislabish Bahan, what comes before? Hatsibu La Vodas Halakas Hamenora. Shemisamelas La Fatas Oratora, Hameir Biskuso. The Torah has to be our, our guide. Right? Sometimes we're not sure what to do in certain situations. What would the Torah want us to do? Right? That fifth Shulchan Arach. Right? Based on what the Torah tells us, then we would know exactly how to make decisions in various, in various situations. That's what he says in, um, in his piece here. And then he even says, um, in the, I'm turning over in source number three in the continuation he says and maybe that connects to what we were just talking about how Moshe Rabbeinu's name is not mentioned because we learn Anava we learn Anava Moshe Rabbeinu didn't even have a self he uses a beautiful word this one word caught my eye on line seven it says Moshe Rabbeinu achieved Shlemus Shehisaved Kolkach it's like Lushan of an Eved Hispalel right he, he made himself such an Eved he was Misaved Kolkach he has nothing personal about him. As if he doesn't have a name. And this parasha, which is about Midos, Moshe Rabbeinu's ultimate Midah is reflected. The Midah of Anava, the Midah of just self-effacing totally, not recognizing anything that he does. He recognizes who he is, but he knows that it's all from HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the gifts that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave him. Okay. We continue moving right along with another thought related to the menorah. This is here from, uh, I gave it to, it's from your Rav Yeruchim in Das Torah, but it's quoted here in the Otsos HaTorah because he also adds on something else. So I just gave it to you from here in source number four. Says the Medrash. Says the Medrash. Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu, line one. Lo sha'anin tzarich lahem. I don't need your light. I don't need your light. I don't need your menorah, says Hashem. But you know what? I lit for you, so, you know, you light for me. A mashal of a, someone who is able to see and someone who is blind is walking on the road. The pikeach, the one who can see, says to the blind man, uh, Come, I'll take you. 
So he walks and the blind man is holding onto his arm and he's walking, you know, through the street. And the one who could see is, is helping the blind man. Once they came into the house, could you please turn on the light for me? It's on the wall over there. You could feel it. Go turn on the light for me, please. Why is he doing that? I don't want you to feel so indebted. So you know what? Do something for me. Turn on the light. I lit, I lit for you the past, while we traveled. Turn on the light for me. HaKadosh Baruch who says, I've lit for you. Right? Ananei HaKavid and the, and the, uh, and the Eish. But now it's time for you to light, for you to light for me. Kacha bikech ze HaKadosh Baruch Hu vasume el Yisrael vakadosh Baruch Hu meir lohem holech lefnem yomam kivin shabola asos mishkan kara Moshe and says Moshe now it's time to light for me Amri Yisrael ki ata ta'ir enai vata somebody's not muted please mute v'ata omer shana'ir lefanecha Amr lem b'shvil lahaalos eschem shata'ir lik shem she'yarti lachem What's the message of the Medrash? What's the message? HaKadosh Baruch Hu says you know, I lit for uh, you for so long, and now it's time for you to light for for me. Says Rabbi Yeruchim, Rowan Anu Kan Yisod Gadol B'Midos. We see a Yisod Gadol here in Midos. Dehine, Mitivo Shel Ol Adam, Kshu Oset Tova L'Mishehu. When somebody does you a Tova, when Reuven does Shimon a Tova, so Shimon is indebted to Reuven. And Ruvain's a big tzaddik. He doesn't want to take anything for the good. Ruvain did a favor for Shimon. He doesn't want to take anything in return. Yeah, that's true. That's chesed. But sometimes it's lehefech that, you know, we don't want to take anything because we want him to feel. We, we want to get thanks from him for a while. Right? We want him to be able to, you know, keep feeling that indebtedness to me. That's why I'm not going to take anything from you because I want to keep this type of relationship, right, in one direction. HaKadosh Baruch Hu teaches us the opposite. Ultimate chesed is when HaKadosh Baruch Hu does the Sorry about that. HaKadosh Baruch Hu teaches us the opposite. That when somebody does a tova for us, we have to try to figure out a way that they don't feel indebted. That they don't feel like, you know, what they did, um, you know, for them is all, that's not a good feeling. Right, If we, you know, lend money to someone. Try to get him to do something for you. So then it'll be mutual feelings. Right? Sometimes, no, no, I don't want anything, I don't want anything. We have to try to know when the person, you know, when it would be good for the person. Sometimes it's a chesed to allow somebody to do a chesed. You know, and that's, that's hard sometimes for us. Even for somebody with the best intentions. One has to think about, you know, what, what does it mean, right? There's a concept in the Gemara called Adam Chashuv. If an Adam Chashuv accepts something, like by Kedushin, if an Adam Chashuv accepts something for me, then he's giving me Hana. Right? If I could give a God a present and he takes it from me, you know how much I got from that? I know he took my present. So we have to recognize that sometimes 
giving, allowing the person to, to do something for me is the greatest chesed. And that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, please light for me, because I've lit for you all of these, all of these years. Right, and he, um, he says in the continuation on the next page, he says, you know, if somebody wants to say thank you, no, no, there's nothing to say thank you for, forget it, forget it, forget it. No, let them say thank you. You know, or let them do something for you. Or even flip it. He quotes Yosef Atzadik, right? What the brothers come, Yosef says, I, I really owe you because Yakarish Baruch Hu had it all, had it all planned and ultimately I was supposed to be here and I had food for you, so thank you. So Yosef flipped it. Not that he didn't accept their thank you, but he made them feel that, you know, they even did something for him. So that's the episode we have to remember about chesed. Chesed is about the other person. It's not about the person who's doing the chesed. It, it affects, but we have to make sure that we recognize the chesed is ultimately for the person receiving, receiving the chesed. We mentioned that in the past by, by shiva calls. Right? One has to know how long to stay at a shiva call. Not too short, but not too long. And sometimes pe- people err on the, on the edge of, uh, of long sometimes even more than short. I'm the only one here, so I'm not going to leave for an hour and a half. Right? Maybe, maybe the other wants a break. Maybe the other wants, so one has to make sure that, you know, one, one take, has that in mind. Okay. Moving right along, one more thought relating to the beginning of the parsha, and this one actually has to do with the end of the previous parsha. From the Zerah Shimshon. The last word, the last word in Truma was Nechoshes, copper. Some of the Chlea Mishkan was copper. And then we have Viata. So says the Zerah Shimshon on the top left of the page now. Darshinan Shapir Smuchos Smichos Aparshias. Sherashi Tevos Nechoshes. Nechoshes is Rashi Tevos. Nechoshes stands for Ner Chodesh Shkalim Tireh. Ner Chodesh Shkalim Tireh Viata Tetzaveh. What does that stand for? See, he quotes, these are the three mitzvos that Moshe Rabbeinu had trouble with. Ner, the menorah, and Ches Chodesh, the moon, and Shin Shekel. Rashi says, you know, Hashem had to show him. That's why it says Zeb by all of these, right? Ze always means you can point to it. So Hakadosh Baruch had a point to the moon. Right, the beginning of Zeyitnu. Right, they're all Zez. So Chazal say that Moshe Rabbeinu had difficulty with these. Moshe Abedu's name is not mentioned here in Tetzaveh, right? Nechoshes is the last word of Truma. Then you have no Moshe. Near Alam, you know what the message for us is? What does it mean that Moshe had difficulty with these three? It wasn't that Moshe had trouble with the content. right? It was, the material was too hard for Moshe Rabbeinu. No, that's not it. There was nothing that was too hard for Moshe Rabbeinu. The There are many things that were harder than this. Right? It's so hard to understand the moon getting bigger and smaller. And when you see a little bit, then you're Makadish the, the Chodesh. And the Shekel. What's so hard about the Shekel? 
Amisaso Chutzlaretz. You know what these three Nechoshes, they were all Merames, right? The first three and then Toth, you shall see, meaning, or Tare, I will show you. Right? These three, as he's going to explain, somehow hint to Moshe that he's not going to finish the job. That ultimately he's not going to bring them into the base, into Eretz Yisrael. And that was Niskasha for him. It was hard for him. And that's why his name is not here, as if to say these three symbolize and hint to his absence. So what are those? And he connects it. We're not going to focus on this part of it, but you can after. It connects it, he says, to the three times that Moshe Rabbeinu was told or hinted to about not going into Eretz Yisrael. Right? Shlach tishlach by the sneh. Right? Send someone else. I'm not going to finish the job anyway, so send somebody else. The end, Lama Right? And HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, you're going to see what, what happened to this to, to the uh, seven Amamin, but not to the 31 kings. And of course, later on, by Memeriva. So what is it about these three? So again, what are they? Ner, the menorah, Chodesh, the moon, and Shekel. Let's see the Zerashimshon. Umitchila, and there's a lot of schoolers. Whenever one learns the Zerashimshon, he didn't have children, so there's always a special schoola to learn any piece of Torah from the Zerashimshon, which we're trying to publicize. Umitchila, Moshe, Nizkashim, and Levana. What does the moon symbolize? Maybe this is the one that's most obvious if you think about it. We say it by Kiddush Levana. She remes the Malchus and Yisrael. The moon symbolizes the Jewish people. Am Yisrael. Waxing and waning. Greater and also going down. Let's connect it the first time. Okay, let's get to line 37. The moon gets bigger and gets smaller. It's similar to Eretz Yisrael. More Jews there, it expands. Less Jews there, it contracts. But what does it also symbolize? The Jews getting greater, the Jews getting going down. Geula, Gullus. Chazal say if Moshe Rabbeinu would have taken us into Eretz Yisrael, based Hamigdash, permanence. Geula, staying there. Moshe Rabbeinu makes it, it's, it's forever. Ukeneget Tesvav Yamim Harishonim Shalalavana. The first 15 days of the moon. The moon's getting bigger. He says that's 15 generations from Avraham Avinu to Shlomo HaMelech. We go up and up and up and up and up until we build the base of Megdash. Sha'az Kaimasira Bashlamusa, the moon is full. And then 15 days, the moon gets smaller. Tesvav Yamim Achronim, Shipaguma, 15 generations from Rechavam, Shlomo Son, until Sirkiyo, when the base of Megdash was destroyed. So it's 15 up to fill, and then 15 down. Shasime Nebuchadnezzar. I'm sorry, go to the side. Go to the side. Einav. Dugmas, we're on the same page, on the, on the right. Dugmas halavana shemis chasheches. Right, it's like the moon, that gets dark. Vechulu. Vimaya Moshe machnisam la'aretz, next paragraph. If Moshe would have brought us into Eretz Yisrael, there wouldn't have been a, a waxing and waning. We would build the base of Migdash and that would be it. We would always have the government. says, Moshe, you see the moon, he sees it getting smaller and bigger. He's like, oi. He knows what's that, that's Marames. He realizes that Am Yisrael are going up and down, and that means I'm not going in. 
I'm not going in. Niskashe Moshe. It was difficult to Moshe. Number one. Number two. Again, he has amazing numerical connections here. We just had the 15 and 15. He has another one now. It says by menorah, the menorah should be made with an extra yud. Right? Now in source number seven. There's no, there's no word like that. The Medr says that yud is Merames to the ten menorahs that Shlomo built in the Beis Hamikdash. Why did Moshe only build one menorah? Shlomo built ten menorahs. He quotes from the Shach Al Hatorah. Loma not la Shlomo also Eser ubemishkal also laachas lafi. Shemi be Shlomo hayukolumus kufim tachtov. In the days of Shlomo, Shlomo was on top of the world and he ruled over all seventy nations. Ten menorahs, seven arms to each menorah. That's seventy. Sheshlomo malach al ha'elyon v'ala tachtonim u'mishum hachi asa eser menorahs kula mishiv neiros shem shivim neiros k'lila hachlish koach shivim umos to help him rule over the seventy nations. Seven menorahs, ten menorahs, ten menorahs, seven stems, seventy lamps altogether. In the midbar, what they have? Only seven shivas amimin. Moshe only needed one menorah. One menorah, seven. Moshe Rabbeinu realizes he's shown a menorah. He's only shown one menorah. He's like, why am I only shown, being shown one menorah? Why not ten? Moshe realizes because he's not going to make it in. That's the shach. So now, quotes the Zerah Shimshon, Ukshira Moshe Shakarish Baruch Hu in Metzavilo, Lasos Rak Menorah Achas. When he sees that Akarish Baruch only told him to make one Menorah, Lo Hayemeven Atami didn't understand. Shahir Sover Shesorach Eser Menorahs. Don't we need ten? Kedei Lahachniya Kol Hashivim Umos B'Shivim Neiros. Don't we need ten? Akarish Baruch Hu showed him Metzuras Menorah. There's only one. Klomar Ain Tsarach Rak Menorah Achas, and that teaches Moshe that he's gonna. That's all you have to do. Moshe, Yoshua ben Nun. Your Talmud will come. The Yamis Halamad Aleph Malachim Keminyan Kel Lushen or El Lushen Kasha. Right, the um, the difficult, the harsh nations, and Moshe realizes that this also is Merames that he's not going to go all the way in. So we have the Minu- the moon, and we have the menorah. One more. Shekel, Nechoshes, Ner, Chodesh, Shkalim. So now we have now on the left side. And so too, HaKadosh Baruch Hu teaches him about Machzaz HaShekel. Masha, what does that symbolize? So much symbolism to only a half a shekel. Why is it only half? Something's not complete. Something's not whole. The world will be complete. The world will reach perfection. And Hashem shows him a machsis hashekel. That's how I'm going to count the Jewish people, because the world is not complete. The world won't be complete for a while. Again, Lomar Shehulo Yachnisim La'aretz that he won't take him in. And that is why by all three of these, Moshe Rabbeinu was Niskasha. Niskasha, Hashem had to show him these. Right, these three, Tireh, you will see, 
and that goes into the Vata the Sava, and Moshe's not there. Moshe's not there. Fascinating discussion of the Zerah Shimsha. Okay. Moving right along. Okay, now we're moving past the first Pasuk. So we have a number of the Begadim. We have the names of the Shvatim in two places on the Begadim. Right, we have them on the Choshen, right, on the Choshen of the, the stones of the Choshen, as is described. Shishamish Mosam al I'm sorry, that's, that's next, uh, that's the other one. But first he says, on the Choshen, Vavanim, the, 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 the different, the four rows, and the Avanim, Tiyana al Shemos Bene Yisrael, Shteim Esrael Shmosam. Right, a name on each stone. Pituche Chosam Ishal Shmo, Tiyana al Shnei Asar Twelve shvatim, twelve stones, a name on each one. We know, according to Chazal, there are other words on the stones because you don't have the whole aleph base in all the shvatim's names. There's no test there, right? That's why you need shifte yeshurun to get the test. There's no tzadi there, right? That's why you need Avram Yisach and Yaakov, shifte yeshurun. So you got the tzadi, you got the, the, I'm not sure if there's a kuf either. I don't remember in the test. So we got all the, all the, you got all the aleph base. You need all of them on the Urmatumim because, you know, if there's going to be communication, you need all the, all the letters. But there's another beged where the, the names appear, and that we know are the stones on the shoulders of the Kohen Gadol that are on top of that. They're holding the ephod and the choshen together. The ephod and the choshen, remember the amazing line in Rashi. Rashi says, I have no idea what the ephod looks like. I don't know what the ephod looks like. But then he says, Libi Omer Li, my heart tells me, and then he writes a 25-line Rashi describing what the ephod looks like, right? The halachic intuition that Rashi, uh, that Rashi has there. But we have the two areas of the, of the stones. We have the, we have this two stones on the shoulders of the Kohen Gadol, six Shvatim's names on each stone, and then we have the 12 stones on the Choshen, one name per stone. So we have Bitsir and Firur here in the source number eight, in the Hagyona Shal Torah, he discusses what the symbolism is. Why is it that in one area, each Shevet gets its own stone, and then on the shoulders, they're put together? What do you need both? Shemos b'nei Yisrael ha-yucharusim gamalavne ha-eifo v'gamalavne ha-choshen. On line 8. L'shem ha-kvilos. What's the, what's the message of the, uh, of both of these? Mispar ha-avanam ha-yishone b'choshen b'eifo. The different number of stones. Right? B'choshen shtem esrei. Right? On the, on the choshen, there were 12 stones of ephod shtayim. And there were two. Right? So, what, what's the message? So he says the message is, if I could summarize it in three words or two words, individuality within unity. That's his message. Now let's read it. Hashem is teaching us how we bring the Shvatim together into a nation. We don't want 12 tribes. We do want 12 tribes, but we want them within one nation. We want 12 tribes within one nation, and we don't want 12 nations. So how do we do that? A little tricky. Shifte Yisrael hafchu liyos am b'mamat Sinai. Right? We became a nation. Hayom hazen la'am. Lokal l'mazeg shvatim la'am. It's not easy. It's not easy to keep individuality of shvatim within a nation. Hamachitzos hashiftios mafrios la'achdus lumis. Right? The shevet separations ruin national unity. Each person, each one is like within their own shevet. Right? It's a, it's a, I feel closer to my own shevet than your shevet. 
I want my shaver to get honor, to get covered. Right, the separation and the and the rut zone to have their own personality, you know, could could be dangerous for you've heard of Bain Lumi International, Bain Shifti, Intershavet. And therefore, what do you do? How, how do you unite? So one of two ways. External or internal. Number one, you can force it. You can force people to live together. Force people, you know, they might not want you. Know, you're going to be in the same boat. So that might last for a certain amount, certain amount of time, but generally it's, that's, that's not a, a long-term solution. Number two, b'derach yoser arucha shal talich mamushach, a long process, b'harizas ha-machitos b'in shevet l'shevet. A long process of baking, breaking down certain barriers between the shvatim, u'bihutchem b'kur ha-lo'umi shal torah achas mishpedechad, to bind them with one goal and one heart. Yes, differences, you have a different flag, you have a different colors, different symbols, but it's all surrounding the Torah. And everybody sees, just like the body, there's no competition between the right arm and the left arm and the foot and the heart and the liver and the kidneys and the brain. They all recognize that we're a whole organism and we need to work together in order to keep this, to keep this going. So that's what he says too. That's the ultimate, how the Shvatim have to look at each other. So turning the page, Hashem Bachar Baderach Hashni. Hashem chose the second way, right? Longer process. Keep your individuality, but recognize you're all on this together. Twelve stones on one choshen. There's one choshen. Everybody has their place. Nobody's place is bigger than the other person's place, and nobody's closer to the Aron than any other. You're all on the Kohen Gadol's chest. And you all work together. And you want to give answers to people? You gotta to work together and light up when it's, when it's supposed to be, you know, your, your turn. Right? And that's what, why on the heart of Aaron, line 11. Hachoshin alev Aaron hikir od beschus hachaluka shiftis. Yes, there's separation. But recognize you're on one. When it comes to the heart, everybody has separation. Everybody feels things differently. And that's why there's different, uh, different stones. What about the ones on the shoulder? The shoulder symbolizes schlepping. Symbolizes bearing the weight of the Am Yisrael. When it comes to bearing weight and being no se ba'olam chavero, then there are no separations. We're all in this together. When there's a tzara, there's no this type of Jew and that type of Jew. When there's no se'ol on the shoulders, no se'olam chavero, all Jews come together. Six on one, six on the other, right? To have symmetry. You don't have 12 on one. But six and six, says the Hegyona Shal Torah, that's the symbolism. We have our individuality and diversity within the unity. That's the Choshen. But on the shoulders, we have the carrying, carrying the burden, and that is done all, all together. Okay, one more thought on the Parsha, and then hopefully we'll have something on Purim, all the way at the end of the Parsha. All the way at the end of the Parsha, we've discussed in past years what this is doing here. 
all the way at the end of the parsha, after you have the uh, avoda described, we have the mizbeach haktores. Right? Each of the mizbechos have three names. The mizbeach haktores is also called the mizbeach apnimi and the mizbeach hazav. Right? Three names. The outer one is mizbeach anachoshes, mizbeach achitzon, mizbeach haola. But says the Torah of Avos right? The spices. The Ktores has unique powers. Chazal tell us everybody used to fight over the Ktores. If you did it once, you can't do it again. The Mishnah says in Yuma, Chadashim Labakarim Bo'ovafisu. Right? The, the Rav Pinkus says in source number ten, Skulam Yuchedes Ha'is Lavodes Ktores, Haktores Haktores Amazbech. Special school, you become rich. Yasimu Katara Ba'pecha, next to Barech Hashem Chelo, the Psukim in Zos Habracha. So everybody wanted the Ktores, and that's come down to the Ramah, the Nodabi Yehuda, about being a Sandik, somehow that's connected to the Ktores. The, I think the Gra, I think it's the Gra, that has the amazing line of, I, I, I didn't see Sandik, Sandiks becoming rich overnight. It's gotta be a different type of Bracha. But anyway. So Rapinka says, Yejlis Boni Lavin, what's, why does Ashiris go with Ktores? Whatever Ashiris means, riches, but we don't, it's a skula for Ashiris, but that school is in the, already in the Gemara. So, why is there a school of Ashiris? He gives a mashal, which others give in other contexts, but it, but it's here. Mashal Somebody goes into a jewelry store to buy a gold, Sha'on Zahav Yakar, buy a golden watch. He wants to get it as a gift. So I go and I get a gold watch. I'm going to buy somebody as a gift. After he pays, right, the seller puts the watch into a beautiful, you know, a wrap. He wraps it up. He puts it in a box. He puts it with a ribbon, puts it in a bag. Beautiful stuff. And the buyer says, how much for the wrapping paper? How much for the box? And the mocher says, what are you talking about? No, it's free. It's free. You bought the watch. You know, um, it's free. The box is free. The ribbon is free. But the faith says so. And he throws him, throws in more, you know, beautiful stuff, a ribbon and a, uh, here's a card. Please take it. There was someone else that was in the store at the time. So there was another guy that goes, he's, he goes to the counter. He says, can I please have a box and the ribbon and a card? He says, what do you mean? He said, well, well, you said it's free. He says, no, no, the box they cost. He says, well, what do you mean? You just gave it to the other guy for free. He says, no, no, he bought the watch. If you buy the watch, I'll throw in the box. The, bo- the watch is the ichor. Right? But you, can't just, you can't just take the box. Right? That's just the chitzoni. Avalatari wrote, says, you got to pay for it. You gotta pay for it. Says the Tefer Shimsha. Says your Pinkus. It's the same thing with Avodas Hashem. Hashem sometimes throws in riches if you have the Iker. If you have the Iker, Hinei Riches are like the outer box. Mavrikat. It's shiny. It's, uh, it's clean. It gives off light. It says, but if you do the avoda that you're supposed to do, Hashem's going to give you the, the wrapping. Torah symbolizes avoda shel pnimius. Right? A smell. A smell is all pnimi. 
It smells primi. It, it just, you smell it, right? You, um, goes into the nose, into the, into the, into the body. Maktar alavoda pnimis hayikara. Hamala rechos arevim shall rotsam vacheshak arishbarachu. If we do the inner avoda, if we, if we serve akarishbarachu like with a heart, we serve akarishbarachu like not just mitzvah sanashim mulumada, not just by rote and the outer physic, physical going through the, the motions, but we serve Hashem like Torahs. Torahs symbolize it. It's the, it's the pnimi avoda, the avoda pnimi. Then Hashem will throw in the box. And that's why Ashiris comes with Torahs. That's the symbol of Ashiris going with Torahs. We have to be on fire. It's a fire, but it's a fire that smells amazingly that, you know, you cannot even imagine uh, what it smelled like. Okay, one final thought we'll mention relating to Purim. So the title of it did not fit on the page. I just did it on the side. But uh, Rev. Ramon, in his Sefer on Purim, right, talks about, you know, Purim is supposed to be, right, what do we say on Purim? What do we, say? we don't say Chag Sameach, it's not a Chag. What do we say? Purim Sameach. Right, Simchas Purim, Purim Sameach. So we say Chag Sameach, Purim Sameach. But this is this Simcha that's with Purim that's not with any other holiday, as we know. There's the the wine element, the Mishloach Manos element. There's Simcha. There's a special Simcha of Purim. And he quotes Rav Cook, who says, "What's the difference between what some people do on Purim, which is Hololus, and real Simcha?" Holus is frivolity. I guess that's one of the translations. So he quotes Rav Cook in Ein Aya. Tovim he ma'od chaye asimcha. Avol gruim upchusim he chaye hololus. Simcha is amazing. But hololus and frivolity and levity is, is inferior. Ha'adam ha'shalem ha'makir v'chachmas emes. As yikra simcha sachayim. The ultimate complete person will see, will appreciate Says Rav Cook, if you're besimcha, you got the message of life. What is simcha? Says Rav Cook, there's a major difference between simcha and hololus. Hololus, right? Levity, losing myself. That's an escape from reality. Escape from reality is not, does not bring simcha. That's hololus. Adam atzofa beseret. If somebody's watching a movie, right, that might make him happy if he's happy about what's going on in the movie. Why? Because that's not life. Not like something good happened to him. While he's watching this, he's totally escaping from his real life. And he has a hesachadas from his difficulties, from any headaches that he might have. Simcha is facing any challenge and dealing with it and working it out and realizing that it's part of the divine plan. Hasimcha and recognizing and looking at the, and looking at the good in it, looking at the positive in whatever situation it is. Purim, ultimately, yes, there seems to be, some people have gotten into the hololus, but it's got to be simcha. It's got to be through simcha, through deep simcha of recognizing HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the melech, recognizing that he is Megala the Hester, he's behind the scenes, he's the melech in the Megillah. And that's the difference, and we have to always try, says Rav Rimon, based on this Rav Cook, 
to have true simcha, which means not to run away from realities, but to face them, to meet them, to view them in a proper perspective. The way that our Kodesh Baruch Hu wants us to see Dalakavschus, the situation, and in that way, Be'ez Hashem, have real, true Simchas Purim. Okay, we'll stop here. Everybody should have a Purim Sameach. And Be'ez Hashem, I hope, I will lean to try to give, uh, give this year next, uh, next Wednesday night, Motsoy Shushan Purim, but Be'ez Hashem, uh, that's the plan. Okay, we will stop here.